Hello, I'm Derek Walker, I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church and it's great to be with you uh, in Church Without Walls today and uh, special greetings from uh, Oxford Bible Church and uh, it's, it's just a, a, an honour to share the Word of God with you this morning. And I want to share um, from starting from Colossians chapter 2 and I want to read uh, verse 6 and 7 and I want to talk about what, it, what does it really mean to be uh, a disciple of Jesus, to, to, to receive Jesus as our Lord and, and how exciting that is actually and what the potentialities of that are. So Colossians chapter 2 verse 6 says, As you therefore have received Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught abounding in it with thanksgiving and here it says that we the Christian life begins with us receiving Jesus Christ as the Lord um, and, 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 and this is essential that we not just receive Jesus as our Savior and thank God he forgives our sins, he gives us eternal life, but we have to give our heart to him. We have to receive him as our Lord. That doesn't mean our commitment to him will be perfect, but there has to be a commitment to him. Uh, as our Lord and um, and he surely deserves uh, to have our heart um, and I want to talk about what this means and one take a different tack to usual and go back to the Old Testament uh, and it's interesting that the word for Lord when we say Jesus is Lord in the Greek New Testament that is actually translated from the Hebrew of the Old Testament from primarily two words which is Adonai and Jehovah and so the Old Testament words Adonai and Jehovah for God when uh, that the, these were translated into Greek in the Septuagint Greek translation but which was before the time of Christ they were translated as kurios, which is the Greek word for Lord. And that is the term that's usually used for, for Jesus Christ being Lord. And so I want you to understand when we say Jesus is Lord, number one, it is actually saying that he is God. He is Jehovah and he is Adonai. And Jehovah, of course, is, is the personal covenant name of God, which means I am that I am. It, it states that he is the eternal God. But I want to focus on this other name, Adonai. Now, Adonai means, is a word that means, that only applies to God. Um, and it's in the plural. Again, like Elohim, it, it indicates that God is a plurality, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But the word Adonai means master and owner. And I think we, what's coming to me very strongly nowadays, especially in the last few weeks, is that when we say Jesus is Lord, we're not just saying that he is um, my boss, that he is in a place of higher authority than me, that is not the fullness of it. The fullness of it is not just that he has authority over me, but that he is my owner. And that's what Adonai means, is that God is the master, the supreme authority, and the possessor, the owner of us. And that opens up 
a whole new realm, I believe. But first I want to go to Psalm 110, which proves that Jesus is Adonai. This is one proof that Jesus is God. It's a famous psalm, of course. But here it says, uh, Psalm 110, verse 1, The Lord, and that's Jehovah, said to my Lord, and here it's Adon, just Adon, which is, um, speaking of Jesus, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. And this was fulfilled when Jesus Christ rose from the dead and sat at the right hand of the Father. Uh, and then if we go to verse 5, it says, The Lord is at your right hand. Actually, the is there is not in the original text. What it's saying is, The Lord at your right hand. Now, who is it at the right hand of the Father? It is Christ. And here, the word for the Lord is not just Adon, but Adonai. So here it says, Adonai, at your right hand, he will execute kings in the day of his wrath. So this is talking about the second coming of Christ. He will come to judge the earth and the wicked upon the earth. But he, in, in verse 5, he is called Adonai. And so Jesus is our Adonai, and he is Jehovah God. But I want to emphasize the fact that when we say Jesus is Lord, it is actually also saying he is Adonai. He is our owner. Now, we uh, don't, we tend to avoid this concept of ownership because uh, it makes us think of slavery. And of course, it's wrong for a human being to be owned to, by another human being. We, we don't like that. But what is inappropriate for human relationships is appropriate for divine relationships because God is our owner. And um, let me just show that to you. Uh, and, and I believe one of the big problems in our life stems from the fact that we don't realize and we don't accept and we don't embrace the fact that God owns us. Uh, and he owns all the blessings that he gives us. They ultimately belong to him. Um, let me just read 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. It says, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? And actually, the Holy Spirit in you is God's deposit in you that, that says that you belong to God. Whom you have from God, and you are not your own. You are not your own. That's the deep revelation. For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirits, which are God's. You have been bought with a price, and therefore you don't belong to yourself, you belong to God. I'm reminded of a story of... Um, of a boy who built this beautiful boat. It was a labor of love and he went to to sail his boat on a big lake and that boat got caught by the wind and, and it sailed out of sight and he lost this boat. It was his but it was now lost. Uh, and he thought, well, that's it, it's, it's been destroyed. But then a, a year or two later, he was walking and he passed a shop, and there in the shop window was his, his boat, looking, uh, you know, a little bit um, tattered. And he went in, and they couldn't, of course, he now had to pay for his own boat. He purchased that boat back. And so now he had his boat back, and he, he rejoiced. 
that he has his boat back. And now that boat belonged to him for two reasons. By reason of creation and by reason of redemption. He made that boat and now he purchased that boat for himself. And so it is that God owns you on two levels. Number one, he created you. On that basis, you belong to him. But Adam and the human race rejected God's ownership of them. That's the essence of sin, by the way. And as a result, mankind was lost. But Jesus came and he redeemed us. He purchased us by his blood. And so we belong to him for that reason too. And I think a lot of uh, Christians think that redemption means that I've been purchased from slavery to, from from the enemy um, and so now I'm free to do whatever I like but actually the truth is it's just a transfer of ownership you were owned by sin and you were owned by Satan and because Jesus paid the price now you belong to God you're not some new in some neutral place and to accept Jesus as Lord means to accept Christ's ownership of you and uh, we need to embrace that fact that we don't belong to ourselves but to God. I want to read a story that f comes from a book called Disciple by a man called Ortiz. And he's, he puts it like this. When we find Jesus, it costs us everything. He has happiness, joy, peace, healing, security, eternity, everything. And so we say, I want this pearl. Of course, he's talking about the pearl of great price. How much is it? Well, the seller says it's very expensive. How much? Well, a very large amount. Do you think I could buy it? Of course, everyone can buy it. But didn't you say it was very expensive? Yes. Well, how much is it? Everything you have, said the seller. Well, we make up our minds. We say, okay, I'll buy it. I'll buy it, we say. Well, what do you have? Let's, let's write it down. Well, I, I have 10,000 pounds in the bank. Well, good. What else? Well, that's it. That's all I have. Well, nothing more? Well, I have a few pounds here in my pocket. I'll have that too. Um, $100. That's fine. What else do you have? Well, nothing. That's it. That's all. Where do you live? He said, in, in my house. Yeah, well, the house too. Uh, right, he writes that down. Well, I'll have to live in my car then. No, the, we'll have the car too. Thank you very much. Um, uh, what else? That's it now. That's everything. Well, are you alone in the world? No, I have a wife and two children. Oh, oh yes, your wife and your children too. What else? I've got nothing left. I'm, I'm alone. Oh, the seller said. I almost forgot. There's something else as well. Yourself also. Everything becomes mine. Wife, children, house, money, cars, and you too. Then he goes on and he says this. Now listen, I will allow you to use all these things for the time being, but don't forget that they are mine just as you are. And whenever I need any of them, you must give them up because I am now the owner. And the original sin, as I said, was in the garden, God blessed Adam and Eve with everything. They had every tree, and God would have expanded what they had. Uh, but he said, don't eat of this tree. That tree represented God's ownership. God was the owner, he controlled the garden, and therefore they were to respect God's ownership by not taking from, not possessing that tree. Uh, and that way they submitted to God's ownership but they were t but the temptation was to actually 
reject God's ownership and act as if they were the owners. And when they ate the fruit of the tree, they were saying, we claim ownership, not just of the garden, not just of the blessings, but we claim ownership of ourself, that we can be like God, knowing the good, good and evil and doing what we want to do. We can define our own lives because we are the owners, we are the controllers. And that's the essence of sin. When we go our own way, independently from God, we reject God's ownership of our life. Uh, and another time I want to share with you what I believe is a key uh, principle that, the, that when we try and own something that is called covetousness and that blocks us from the blessings of God. But when we are willing to release ownership to God then God will allow us to possess all things. That's why it says blessed are those who are poor. That means those who do not claim any ownership of themselves. I own nothing. It all ultimately belongs to God. And when I realize that, I am blessed because now I can possess all things. But because Adam and Eve claimed ownership of themselves and all the blessings, they came under the curse. They lost it all. And I believe one of the major keys to us, for us to possess our promised land, is to acknowledge that God is the owner. He's our owner, and he's the owner of, of all our blessings. And if we will surrender all these things to him, we can enjoy them. Uh, that's what Jesus meant when he said, if anyone follows me, he must lose his soul or his life. Literally the word is suke and it means soul life. His independent soul life. His ownership of himself. He must lose that. He must deny himself, you see, uh, and embrace Christ's right of ownership over him. That's what it really means to submit to Christ as Lord, to accept him as your Adonai, your master, your owner. He says, if you will lose your independent soul life, then you will find real life. You will be able to possess the life of God. You will have the joy, the fullness of God's presence in your life. But if you cling on to your soul life, if you cling on to ownership, then he says you will lose your life. You will lose your soul. You'll lose your capacity to enjoy life. Praise God. And, and this is the master key to everything, I believe, is to understand that when we release ownership to God, when we let go and we realize God is the owner of my thoughts, of my possessions, of my emotions, then we can relax because God ultimately has responsibility for our, our life. And we, we can only do that if we trust God. If we believe that he is God, that he will look after us, we can surrender that ownership to him. You know, where does worry come from? Worry comes from us taking ownership and feeling we've got to manage it ourselves, rather than trusting in our Lord God, who's the owner. So, today, embrace the truth. Love the truth. Amen.